The Conjuring Universe is an American media franchise and shared universe centered on a series of supernatural horror films. The films present a dramatization of the real-life cases of Ed and Lorraine Warren, paranormal investigators and authors associated with prominent yet controversial cases of haunting. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of So You Like Horror. I am your host, Dante, and for this episode, my co-host will be longtime friend and horror fan as well, Miss Jennifer. Welcome, Jen. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm feeling pretty good about this one, and thanks for doing this. This is awesome. Absolutely. Like back when I did the horror episodes for Off the Mats, I was like, after like I'd already lined up the guests, I was like, damn it, why didn't I reach out to Jen? <laughs> like, like this would have been perfect, but it worked out because then I just did a horror podcast and here we are. Yeah, here we are. All worked out. <laughs> uh, so for this episode, we're going to be talking about specifically the Conjuring universe. I've gone back and forth over the last couple of weeks as to how to present this. Because I was like, well, look, we have the movies. Uh, you know, there's several movies that have already come out. There are movies in production. And I was like, as I'm looking through all this info, I was like, wait a minute. Let's find out a little bit more about Ed and Lorraine. Mm -hmm. And then you put me onto the Devil's, uh, Devil's Road, which I'd heard of, but I'd never seen it. Mm -hmm. And... I watched that and then it really got me kind of thinking. Yeah. So I was like, let me research them a little bit more. Uh-huh. And I don't want to make this an episode of bashing the Warrens. Right. Um, initially, that was my thought. And I was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> in on them. I'm about to these kids. And I was like, that's not fair. They're both deceased. And, and honestly, it's not about proving them wrong or, or whatnot. It's really a matter of the cases that they've been involved with, the media mm -hmm. that it's provided us, the entertainment, and not just this Conjuring Universe. There are other movies associated outside of the Conjuring Universe to Ed and Lorraine. The big one is the Amityville Horror. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, story, A Haunting in Connecticut, yeah. that is also connected back to them. So... Mm -hmm. One of the hopes for me is that, hey, you know, maybe they should do, it's about time. You know, we, we've had enough time to get an Amityville reboot. Yeah. So let, let's get it from their side. But mm -hmm. um, I, I think Amityville is a little too busy right now going into space because that's coming out, Amityville in space. So be on the lookout for that, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. So um, I guess jumping into the first movie, The Conjuring, just going in chronological order of the movies themselves. What are so with the conjuring? How did you like that one? The original, um, out of all of them, was my absolute favorite. I think there's something to say when it's like the, the very first um, issue or edition of whatever it may be is always the absolute best because it's just so fresh for everybody. But 
everything about the original Conjuring just had me on the edge of my seat. The music was outstanding. I loved everything about the music and then just the whole creepy vibe of the opening scene, this old home, um, of course, you know, the with the water next to it and that old tree, just everything added up to just the, uh, to me, a, a really great, creepy movie. I couldn't agree more. I, I feel like before The Conjuring came along, horror was kind of in this weird spot where, you know, every decade or so, horror, you know, kind of makes a comeback. You know, mm-hmm. Scream was a big comeback in the 90s, and then horror was back strong. You know, we had mm-hmm. we had some uh, reboots coming up in the early 2000s. Then after, I want to say, 2005's Amityville reboot, it started to get a little stale again. Yeah. And then, you know, eight years later, we get The Conjuring. I think Insidious was somewhere in, in that pocket, too. And yeah. Paranormal Activity, all those movies kind of all pocketed. But The Conjuring felt like they did something special and also based on actual events so yeah exactly that that always adds a little bit of um extra motivation to be scared like that i mean to me the just the whole fact that you know it doesn't necessarily have to be based on a true story but the fact that there is very um true facts put into you know some somebody that's just playing a character based on something that happened in real life is what really has always drawn me in the fact that I can leave the movies or like walk away from my TV and go and Google like more. It just, you know, it adds on to it. So it just, that's always been um, right up my alley. It's just the, the small little details that are very, very fact, factual. Yeah. And I feel like when people, when, when you hear something that's, that's based on a true story, it does get a little slippery because again, mm-hmm. Just because it says it's based on a true story doesn't necessarily mean the exact story you're looking at is completely true. Right. So you will get viewers that harp on, well, that's, you know, that didn't happen exactly that way. Or, you know, this seems out, you know, the the, the dating doesn't seem right. And it's like, well, you have to also keep in mind entertainment value. Right. So, right. So that's going to factor into something that's based on a true story. And even with this Conjuring universe, you know, we get the first Conjuring, which I did kind of a side-by-side as I was pulling up the cases individually Mm -hmm. and just trying to get kind of a feel for, okay, what's really what? And it's like the Conjuring, which in real life took place in 1971. Mm -hmm. It matches up with the film, you know, so it's like, okay, we got case number one. Or at least film number one. Um, then the second film was Annabelle. A mm-hmm. year later, which you know we get introduced to Annabelle in the opening scene of The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, as I started trying to you know dig and dig, and it's like, okay, I don't see anything in any of this. You know, I, I probably didn't do the best research to be fair, but I didn't find anything that was like, you know etched in stone about Annabelle. So I was like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. you still have a base and they still have the doll. So that's fine. Whatever. Let's run with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now with the Conjuring as well, um, one thing that, that, you know, to modern times, I guess the current owners of the homes or maybe not current, but around when the film came out, 
the people who owned the home at the time, they actually sued Warner Brothers because it brought a lot of attention to the house. Negative oh, attention. Boy. Well, I mean, so, what, what were they expecting? Yeah, I mean, well, it's just like the Amityville house. You know, yeah. like, you know, there's a famous movie made mm-hmm. after a famous series. You know, the, the house is very recognizable. I don't know mm-hmm. what the deal is now, but I can tell you right now, if I'm up in Amityville, New York, yeah. I'm prob- probably going to skip that listing. Just, yeah. <laughs> just feel like it might be safe. To I might do a little bit of a drive by and like take some pictures, but you yeah. know. Yeah, that's the most you get out of me is a picture. And even with that, I'm still kind of, I don't know. I don't want anything <laughs> lingering in that photo. So, <laughs> I write. You know, look at the picture, like, what's that in the window? Like, don't, yeah. don't, don't fuck with yeah. me. <laughs> so um, jump into the second film within chronological order of the series. You get Annabelle up next. Mm-hmm. So that one, I'm going to be honest. I, I was not particularly crazy about it. And okay, let me hop back to Conjuring. We're gonna do mm-hmm. a, we're gonna do something different than what I've done in others. Okay. We're gonna give a score okay. per film. We go down the down the line. So the conjuring one through ten. What would you score that one? Um. So I mean, like, is there like what's our threshold? Like, what are we kind of gauging one? Um. I would like. Say, are we are we comparing them against each other? Like the conjuring versus yep. the second? Okay. Yep. Just against each other. Just sure. So, so I would say for me, conjuring. Uh, of course, the original to me was impeccable compared to the other. So I'm going to go with probably a, a solid like 8.5. We'll go high up since it's my number one. So that's a fair, fair number, I think, especially for the, for the first film in the series. It mm-hmm. set the tone. Yeah, so, it really does. Like anything that comes after this movie is pretty much if it isn't on the same uh, course, mm-hmm. it ain't good mm-hmm. enough, I think. And as much as I do enjoy this series, I do feel like that that first one is definitely the high bar. I'm gonna go with a nine for the Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that says, you know, oh, nothing's a ten. There's no perfect film. I'm not one of those people. Right. But I do feel like a nine is a solid number for this film. Um. You know, there were some silly things that I felt like, it, it, as great as this movie was, as you start getting towards the end, it did start to kind of lose me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it brought me back, but it still kind of, it found a point where I was like, okay, cut the shit. Yeah. Like, like let's get to it. So, um, exactly. we, so um, we got the conjuring at night. I guess I should write that down somewhere. Let me. Look at, look at me taking notes and everything on my stars. Hey, this is a whole new like level right now. Yeah, I'm no, lucky. I, like people would think for a second this guy actually knows how to podcast. And I mean, I feel like like between like you and I, I feel like we're both very much like if it doesn't have our attention, like we're butterflies, like we're off someplace else. Like it's mm-hmm. it's in playing in front of our face, but it doesn't have us. And I feel like especially the first Conjuring, has my attention yeah. just about the entire time. There are some scenes where I'm like, okay, okay. But um, it's it's definitely something that has me grasp the entire time. So. And, and the funny thing is I have the Conjuring playing in the background right now. <laughs> um, well, before my wife left, I had mm-hmm. on Annabelle Creations. 
mm-hmm. or you know, creation, not creations, not plural. Anyway, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I was like, uh, I'll put the conjuring on just because I know I can look up and be like, I'm not watching the movie, but I can look up and be like, oh, okay, I remember this part. So I feel like I, I've had to watch this movie. I want to say a solid, at least seven, five, five to seven times somewhere in that pocket. Um, mm-hmm. like, like sat through and paid attention to it. There's been numerous times it's just on in the background. Yeah. So, um, and then moving to the next film being Annabelle. And that's, again, we got introduced to the doll in the opening credits of The Conjuring. And the story behind Annabelle is that it's a possessed doll. Yeah. It's, it's um basically inhabited, or uh, I'm, I'm not even going to try to pretend like I know school words. It's possessed by the spirit of, uh, uh, what's the, the doll? Annabelle, basically. Yeah. And the original Annabelle is a... Raggedy, Raggedy Ann. Ann. Yeah, how about that? Ain't that some shit? <laughs> oh my god! It like it, it like we're all we're all kind of in the same generational pocket, so we've all had a Raggedy Ann doll in our home, and now I'm like, man, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Like, am I cursed? Right. Um, well, maybe. So going into that film and coming off of the Conjuring, mm-hmm. I my, I will speak for myself personally. Mm-hmm. I had big, big, big expectations for this film just because I felt like, okay, the conjuring was so strong. And here we are a year later and that doll at the beginning, like I, I need to know what's going on with that doll. Right. Right. But then I feel like the story that we got there was a story that we ended up getting. Um, the story that we, that I wanted to have there, we ended up getting later on with Annabelle creation. Mm-hmm we got with Annabelle um I don't know it just didn't feel like it fit with everything else yeah it's it was a difficult one for me because when I was watching it I liked it it was good but when I'm trying to I guess visualize like the bigger picture of how they all kind of clumped together Hmm. I never really like placed Annabelle in with the bigger picture like to me in my mind Annabelle was just kind of like off on its own it's i guess kind of difficult to describe because it's like i never really truly connected uh, like the conjuring and this annabelle together like i see how they were connected of course by watching them but it i don't know there was just wasn't that grasp of a connection that i was hoping for no i I definitely agree It, it just because of what we came off of and it's like okay we got this really really cool movie it happened, you know, in 2013. Now we are 2014. It's like, yes, horror is back. We, we, you know, we got all these good horror films surrounding it. Now we got, again, Insidious, Paranormal Activity, Sinister. You know, oh, now we're getting Annabelle and we're still in the same universe. Let's let's yeah. go. Let's run it. Yeah. And it, it was, I don't think it was a bad movie. Mm-mm. I just think no, no. it's what you was, what they sold us didn't fit what what you know the the um total package yeah uh, didn't match and just to kind of go with the real life timeline of the annabelle case it looks like that one took place in 1968 and what i mean by that is the beginning part of the conjuring where Mm -hmm. they collected the doll yep That, that was in 1968 so three years prior to 
the uh, Peron, Peron, yeah, Peron family in the Conjuring mm -hmm. um, right. up there in Rhode Island. So um, with Annabelle, um, what would you kind of score that one? Oh, in comparison to the other Annabelles, Man, that's that's just like difficult for me for some reason. Trust you know, me, it's difficult for me too. <laughs> um, I'm probably gonna say with the original one, just because again, it's it was like the first one, and it did give a fair amount of like history as to, you know, where she came from, how she became possessed. That was nice. I did appreciate like the the history aspect of it, but in comparison to the other ones, I don't know. I'll, I'm gonna go with. I'll say maybe a seven for this one. Okay. So uh, interesting point that you made there too is factoring in the other Annabelle films as well. Mm -hmm. I did really like Annabelle creation, mm -hmm. but I still think Annabelle creation was a step below the conjuring. Yeah. And I don't, it's tough because I don't think Annabelle was a bad film. I just felt like, you know, we're just told like, hey, this is in the universe, but we're just going to feed you a film. And also, again, when you get the whole idea of based on a true story, the, the key word is based. So, yes, yeah. this doll is a true thing, but, you know, the story that they put around it, you know, could be completely made up. Um, for Annabelle, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Just to kind of. Because I, you know, I want to leave room in there for for Annabelle creation because <laughs> so it, you know they can already guess what what you know my score is for that right yeah 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 um, absolutely so as we move from Annabelle you know we jump into you know the third film in that series which was just titled The Conjuring Two mm -hmm. uh, which. I was really excited for this movie. It like I was excited for Annabelle, and then I felt let down. But when they announced The Conjuring Two, my hopes went back up. Yeah, ditto. Yep. Um, and The Conjuring Two is based off of um, basically the Enfield Inf Poltergeist, which took place. Oh man, I didn't put the note down for that. Um, I want to say in London. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the tricky thing with this is the film shows the Warrens being extremely involved in this case. Like, they're hands-on. They're all over it. And when you dig a little bit and you go check out the uh, real-life case, it seems like the uh, Warrens were actually not involved at all oh. with what took place in this situation. Wow. From what I understand, uh, just, you know, reading a couple articles, they showed up kind of at the tail end of everything. And Ed Warren specifically, you know, tried to, you know, kind of force himself into the case and was quoted as saying, you know how much money we all can make from this. So that becomes problematic to me because there, there's some rumors about the Amityville stuff as well. Mm-hmm now makes Amityville and then the infield poltergeist stories around roughly the same time as well. Right. 
it, it, it starts to make you feel like, huh, maybe, just maybe, these motherfuckers might be con artists. Right, I yeah. I don't know. But um, that being said, I still thought the movie was really good. Yeah. Um, my, my wife, she she wasn't too, too into it. And yeah. We've watched that one probably, I want to say, three times. Definitely straight through and, and paid attention to and everything. I, I I like like specifically with that one. I like the cast and I just felt like everyone just worked well together. Yeah, I felt okay. like uh, another big thing with the story is it was paced pretty well. I thought. Yeah, I would and, agree with that absolutely. And I also felt like horror has a bad habit of jump scares, and there were a mm-hmm. couple. Of but they still did a good job at selling you uh, horror yeah. and, and selling fear. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I mean, like with this one, I liked it. It definitely was not my favorite. Um, but I mean, there, there are some really, really iconic scenes that just absolutely stood out for me, especially like when, um, you know, the, the daughter that was attempted to be possessed, like, she's in her bedroom and all the crosses start to turn upside down. Um, Like that's just one of those moments where I feel like you kind of like stop breathing just for like a few seconds because it gets quiet and then it just like, you know, all sorts of shit just hits the fan. So that's one of those uh, iconic scenes where it just, it definitely grasps you. But um, there are definitely a lot of scenes where I just, it kind of like left me scratching my head. Like, really? Like that's what made it to the editing table. It's still still a good one. Yeah, I, one thing that I really did enjoy visually was um, the scene. Yeah, I believe it uh, when she ended up on the ceiling, and, mm-hmm. you look and it's like, and then the room turns upside down, and you see, oh, she's on the ceiling. Yeah, um, that stood out. And one of the things I don't like with films, period, but horror films especially, is trailers. Mm-hmm when they do multiple trailers, when they give you the first trailer to kind of get your beak wet, it's like, oh, okay, I'm in. But then when they start giving you too many trailers and ultimately they're putting together the story, and you can you can really just, if you're crafty with splicing, yeah, you can basically put the movie together at home. Right. Um, that's the problem with too many trailers. But um, th- that was one I believe was in the trailers, but it was so much cooler seeing it in the actual film um, with the rest of the context to it. Um, there's also a uh, follow-up or a spinoff film coming from, so The Nun was a spinoff from The Conjuring 2, but you're also going to get Crooked Man as Uh, a follow-up from this as well. And then also there's a Nun 2 coming as well at some point. Those are both in production. Also, at the very beginning, just like in the first Conjuring, we got the introduction to Annabelle. At the beginning of the second Conjuring, we did get the revelation that, hey, wait a minute, there's another case that these guys all took care of, and it's a famous one, and this is where you get put onto the fact that, oh, they oversaw the Amityville case. Mm-hmm. And after seeing that, I'd been hoping and hoping and hoping that, hey, maybe they're going to address you know, Amityville in their own set of films. Yeah. Here, But I'm wondering if there's something as far as like rights to the friend movies and stuff that maybe 
Warner Brothers and James Wan and, and, and that crew, maybe they can't touch that, maybe. I, I'm not sure. Uh, one day I'll do some real research and find out. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about that. But I mean, like you said, like that would be exceptional. That would be so just freaking cool to have something touch upon. And, we, and for it to come back around full circle, it's been, like you said, a long time. So I think it's something that is due, quite honestly, for us, the viewers. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, if after they go into outer space, maybe they'll realize, like, maybe we should just settle back down and reboot. Uh, let, let's yeah. go get the uh, the Warren tapes and and make another movie. Uh, Absolutely. Also, another um, interesting fact, fun fact about The Conjuring, the original title was going to actually be The Warren Files. Um, yeah. Named after Ed and Lorraine Warren, so that's that's cute. I mean, I feel like that would be nice for like a TV show, but maybe not. Yes. Not a movie. <laughs> well, and I, that's that's probably why they went away from because they're more likely like you know what, you know, and it's just one single film. Mm -hmm. If they did kind of a like even you know it's called the Conjuring Universe because the Conjuring was the first film in the series. Um, even if they called it the Warren, you know, files as a whole for this, you know, shared universe of sorts, that would make sense because again, you have the Conjuring One, Annabelle, the Conjuring Two, the Nun, the Conjuring Three, which I guess is not even called the Conjuring Three; it's just called the Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah. You know, you know, there's several films in in this pocket, so that they all had some involvement with, but. It's fine. It's fine where it is. I'm okay with the names. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to the first Conjuring, since it was, I mean, still is my favorite. I mean, as I'm watching the movie and going through, like, to me, there are so many different call outs that just instantly just trigger, um, like, kind of like aha moments. And of course, like the, the timestamp where all the clocks kind of stop and stand still, obviously, yeah. I think it was like 307 or something like that. Yes. And then, of course, um, like the next call out would be that the dog didn't want to go inside the house at all. Like it was making a ruckus, like stuff like that. Like coming from like a personal note, like do you find stuff like that? Like do you, I don't want to say believe, but do you ever like, I guess, look into things that like that a little bit more or do you look into things like that more after you see movies like this? Like it's kind of like in your face and now I'm seeing it more and more. When we moved into this house, I, so when we bought the house, mm -hmm. we, you know, signed and everything. And the, the day that we signed, I started bringing boxes over. Like mm -hmm. as soon as we got done signing, I had stuff in the car ready to rock and roll. We got the keys. I came over, started setting up. Now, also, I train jujitsu and it's nearby around the corner. So days I have a train on a Wednesday morning or Monday morning. I'd come over to the house, clean up, you know, take a shower and then, you know, start kind of putting the house together. Being here in the middle of the day with no radio, no TV, no other sounds, just this house, a lot of weird noises going on. And yeah, people say, oh, the house is like settling. Uh -huh. Man, this house has been here since 1977. This fucking house don't need to settle nothing. <laughs> right. You know? um, but one thing that it's always stood out to me with my basement. I think basements are cre creepy, mm -hmm. no matter how you cut it. I don't care what basement it is. That basement could have a bowling alley in it. I don't mean <laughs> it's not like a bowl. But yeah. uh, 
our uh, bathroom in the basement, which is currently out of order still. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess I need to get on YouTube and just like, how do I fix? Like, how do I install a new toilet? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just being lazy at this point. But anyhow, we have a, a medicine cabinet in that bathroom, and every so often I come downstairs and that medicine cabinet is open mm-hmm. and the magnet is pretty strong. So it's not like, Oh, it's just opening like, cause the magnet's weak. Um, that fucks me a little bit. And then there was <laughs> one night or one day, um, I record down there regularly when people are here, I don't sit down there by myself no more. Fuck all that. That shit is weird. Actually, I'm able to record upstairs here in my room. Thanks to you. <laughs> so, um, Otherwise, I'd be sitting in that basement. I would, I definitely wouldn't have the conjuring on in the background if I was down there by myself. <laughs> um, on cartoons. But one day, my wife asked me, she's like, because again, the bathroom has been out of order for a while. Like, no one goes in there. Like, if anything, I go in there and wash my hands, but not even really. Mm-hmm. But she goes, Did you turn the bathroom light on? And so I was just like, No, why would, why would I do that? Right. It's like, well, it's on and the cabinet's open. And it's like, okay, fuck all the way off. No. <laughs> and it's I don't know. I'm I'm always aware of, you know, after watching something like the conjuring films or paranormal activity even, mm-hmm. I become more aware of like your surroundings, and- yeah. Um <laughs> And and even before you know we started recording, I was telling you of a situation that's going on here at the home now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. While we're sitting here recording, I heard a loud bang, and I'm like, Mm-mm, "No, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm recording. I just started. Y'all, right. y'all gonna come fuck around? Y'all gotta come do this in like maybe 45 minutes. Chill. <laughs> um, but I've had discussions with my wife where she's, you know, she'll you know talk about ghosts and and spirits and what have you and. I always quote John Cusack from uh, the film 1408, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. he says, it's not that I don't believe in ghosts, it's just that I haven't seen one. Yeah. And I still kind of stand behind that whenever we talk. That's not to say, hey, I want to see one of these motherfuckers. No, not at all. I'm not trying to party with Casper and the boys. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, if, if you're going to make yourself known, do it in a subtle way. I guess they did by opening the cabinet door down the basement. So Yeah. Just stay if they stay in the basement, I'll stay up here. I think we can share this house. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> we can be roommates with your place. How do you feel at your because I know I've been there like especially in the basement. I'm like, mm, 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 I don't want to be out, <laughs> I don't want to be down there by myself. Like anytime anybody, I think there was one night there was a UFC and I think we had it on both TVs upstairs and downstairs. I remember I was downstairs by myself and I was like, Nah, I'm gonna go ahead and head back upstairs. <laughs> I don't know why they upstairs going to the bathroom so long, but I need to go. Um, yeah. How do you feel at your place of residence? I guess because I I'm just you know it's just me here and my two dogs. You know I definitely hear all sorts of sounds. There definitely are times where like a light will turn on and off. I type of ordeal, um, but more so. I guess um, with my second level, all the way upstairs, um, I'll be watching TV and it just sounds like somebody will go like down two or three sets of steps and it's kind of like, oh, forgot something and like, it sounds like it's going back up. 
or mm -hmm. like in my hallway, um, literally like right to my right. I'll hear what sounds like footsteps. I'm in the basement. I'll hear what sounds like footsteps constantly. Same, like, you know, it'll take a few steps like, oh, I forgot something and it goes back. And I, those are things that I just like, I hear it. It's not that I'm not paying attention to it. Just, I guess I hear it so much, but I don't really truly acknowledge it until I have somebody over and they're like, yo, dude, did you, what is that? Did, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, and I don't really do too much about it. The only time it really kind of freaks me out is when like one of my dogs will like all of a sudden jump up and go to like the stairs to go upstairs and like they'll start to growl and I'm just like, hey, 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 no, no. <laughs> like we're, we're not doing this right now. Mommy's all by herself. So let's just go back to bed. We're doing nothing happen. Um, but I mean, uh, I'm definitely one of those individuals that I'm a true full believer, but I also definitely somebody that I need to go through my little mental checklist of what it could possibly be. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I feel like that kind of pushes everything else aside. But yeah, I mean, I've been told by a few different people, like how sitting that, you know, they've heard a few different noises that they just cannot explain. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like my house. <laughs> so It's okay. That's just Cecil. <laughs> he was getting a snack. Yeah. And I mean, interestingly enough, I've had um, a longtime friend, um, her family member actually uh, reached out just out of the blue and actually told me that she knows that I, there is some, something else here with me and it's an older gentleman, um, not connected to me, not connected to the house, but somehow he did end up here and that's who is here. And I'm like, okay. Like, oh. Okay. That's comforting. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so, um, so we're gonna go ahead and cut the broadcast now. Uh, no, no, that's, um, and that's the thing too. It's like when you have pets. Mm -hmm. know for me, it's like, okay, hey, so, like, what you doing over there in the corner, man? Why, you, why you just yeah at, at that corner? Hey. And they're all suddenly like they look up at the ceiling, like obviously they see something that you cannot. So yeah. Even with horror movies and, and stories, especially dealing with ghosts and and whatnot, pets and children yeah. are always catalysts. Yeah. It's like my daughter, I mean, she's she's at that age with imaginary friends and whatnot, but it's never been anything like, you know, oh, so-and-so. Oh, you know, the girl who lived here before is like, she's never, you know, we've never had one of those. But if that <laughs> does happen, that's when we're like, okay. So um, I was comfortable, you know, kind of like staying here, but mm -hmm. no, not. So let's just, let's go over to grandma's. Um, well, that was actually one of my questions when it came to um, the Annabelle movies is that, you know, a lot of people do not like dolls. They don't like clowns. They don't like that type of... I guess, image, I guess when you can, you know, something that's so lifelike, you can easily yeah. mentally put something like a, a personality to it. So I was going to ask, like, how do you feel about dolls? And like, I mean, of course you have a daughter. So how is Sophie with dolls? Sophie loves dolls. Mm -hmm. Sophie loves everything. They, you, <laughs> you give her some matchbox cars and she's happy. She loves cars. She loves video games. She loves comic books. She loves dolls. She like, 
you know, she she's just a kid that embraces life. And oh. I, I, I love that about her. Mm-hmm. Um, but me personally with dolls, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, was it two years ago? One, one Christmas, my wife got her a bus of uh, Anna from Frozen. So she uh-huh. could like braid her hair and stuff. And our dining room, you know, we use it as kind of like a little playroom for Sophie. Right. And there's a table sitting there and the bus was sitting on the table. So I come running down the stairs. So the, this house, the wiring needs to be redone. Mm-hmm. Maybe, or maybe it's just, you know, the, the inhabitants sitting here messing with the lights and flickering. I don't know. But on my hallway light, you can't leave it on for too long. Otherwise, it'll start like flickering. So I don't ever use like the stairwell hallway lights. Mm-hmm. So when I go downstairs, it's like you're just running into darkness. And the the Anna uh, toy oh, no. was just sitting there staring at me. <laughs> And I told my wife, I was like, we can't do this. Like, <laughs> you got to turn that son of a bitch around or put a blanket over it. I like Even tonight, before she left, I went downstairs, grabbed three oranges, like three little clementine oranges. I was like, once I'm done recording, I'm going to have my snack, you know, kind of get settled in for bed. And then, you know, that's it. I'm not going mm-hmm. back downstairs. I have no reason to go back downstairs. And it, it's... You know, that, that's always in my head, though, because coming down those stairs, you don't have any other lights until you get to the dining room lights mm-hmm. on the further end. So yeah. I'm not crazy about dolls myself, personally. Um, child's play was kind of an issue as a kid for me. Yeah. But, you know, Sophie's mostly into stuffed animals, mostly. Oh, good. Okay, so, that's how I was too. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, I, I'm I'm okay with that as long as it's not anything like lifelike with the face. That, yeah, that, and even though my basement is full of action figures, that's different. But yeah, it's like it's Spider Man. He's wearing a right. fucking mask. Like if I go downstairs and Harley Quinn is walking around, I'm like, okay, we gotta go. Right, we're not staying. Um, but. As far as any of that goes, you know, I feel fairly optimistic about just, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm a man of science. Yeah. Um, I in, in those yeah. Regards. If I hear noise, I assume there's, you know, something going on. I still can't explain the light coming on in the bathroom. Yeah. That, that yeah. I don't have science for that. So I don't know. Maybe there's a glitch in the matrix. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. You're right. I know growing up, like I, my grandmother always bought me the, the dolls that have like the actual stands that mm-hmm. stand up. And I mean, I never was freaked out. A lot of friends were always like, why the hell do you have those things? And I'm like, I mean, it doesn't freak me out for whatever reason. It, they just don't. So I don't have like a stigma uh, against that. But, um, but you were talking about, of course, the light and the stairs. Um, and I think it was, yeah, the, the very first Annabelle where, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember her name, but um, one of the the lead actress where she's in the basement and she has to go running upstairs because, you know, the lights are flickering and um, all sorts of stuff is about to happen. And like that, that part, I think really truly got me because I feel like we can all kind of go back to like when we were a kid at our grandparents' house, like, you know, turn the lights off and like booking it up the mm-hmm. steps. 
but I mean, I was sitting there watching it with my brother and I was just like, I noticed myself kind of like ripping the couch. And I was like, I know that fucking feeling. Even I think in our nightmares, we always have that feeling of like, we're trying to get away. We can't get away. We can't even see what the hell is chasing us. But you know, here we are in our fucking forties and we're still hauling ass up the stairs because of whatever is behind us. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I can't turn on the, the light in the um, stairwell here coming upstairs. So, mm -hmm. To go downstairs, I have to turn on, like, I can turn it on briefly. Yeah. Like, if I'm really that concerned, I can turn the light on. I've got maybe a couple minutes, but typically I turn on the main bedroom light. I turn on the bathroom light. Uh, and then I go downstairs, and as soon as I get to the dining room switch, I turn that on. And I'm like, okay, we're safe. We got lights on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't get uh, us. <laughs> yeah, it's like the lights are on. You can't get me. Like, uh-huh. But as soon as the lights turn off, it's like full sprint. And, uh -huh. you know, it's like, I, I like my cardio is not the greatest, but when it comes to those <laughs> stairs, it's like, it's like, honey, why are you out of breath? Don't ask me. <laughs> like, don't, don't worry about what I'd be doing. I'm beating like, up my imaginary demons following me. Like, it was a race. Yeah. Uh, so for the Conjuring 2, how would you rate that in the scheme of, of the films? Hmm. Let's see. I would say if I said 8.5 for the last one, uh, I'm going to go probably, I mean, it was still good. Had some really good jump scare scenes. Um, I'm going to say at least maybe I'll go with just a 7.5. Okay. Of course, like we still have the, the last one too. So yeah. Um, which um, as we do have other films, we'll kind of lightly touch on those and get a score. I don't want to go into a whole, whole yeah. detail, especially with the nun, just because as many times as I've watched that movie, I still just don't, I it never, I just watched it last night and it's it still, for whatever reason, it just doesn't stick for me. Um, yeah. I'll still give a score, but um, my Conjuring 2 score, I'm going to go with an eight. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I still love the first one. The second one I enjoyed a lot. Um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna take that to an eight five, just because it, it's it was fun. I felt like top to bottom, I enjoyed it. Um, I think I get a little tainted with it because when you start looking into the real background, mm -hmm. the Warren's involvement, it does kind of. It shouldn't affect my feeling for the movie, but it does, and mm -hmm. it's unfortunate. But I still enjoyed it. And then there are a couple jump scares that I, I like. I like to be scared because the movie, you know, just had an energy to it, and it had a good energy to it. But I still feel like they relied a little bit on the jump scares more than they did with the first Conjuring. Agreed. So, yeah. So that, that that's what takes away that the extra half point for me there. <laughs> okay. So in that run of films, oh, and then um, let's see here for the Conjuring to in real life chronological order, that took place it looks like in 1977. So um, again, when you go in order, you've got the first Conjuring in 71. You got Amityville actually in 75. And then the second Conjuring in 77. So kind of keep with the same theme as Annabelle was in 68. 
and then Conjuring in 71, then Amityville 75, and then Conjuring 2 77. So, mm -hmm. you know, they kind of led in with the case that was right before it, um, you know, especially in years. So it's like, okay, all right, we can run with that. Um, and then as we move on to the next film, Annabelle Creation? Yeah, Annabelle Creation. Mm -hmm. um, which, again, I did enjoy that one. Um, it, it's what I was wanting the first Annabelle film to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to spend, you know, I don't want to do like, let's spend a whole like, you know, span of time on each and every film. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I do just kind of want to touch on that one a little bit since, you know, that is where we kind of get our origin of um, Annabelle and how it all kind of came about. And, and, and especially with that specific doll. So, um, because I don't know which is creepier, the original doll being a Raggedy Ann mm -hmm. or this newer version that's, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what that even comes from, but that doll. Oh, like the, the movie version of Annabelle. Yeah. I mean, if I had to take a poll, I mean, just looking at the movie version of Annabelle, like that doll, like she is beat up. I mean, yeah. she has seen way better days, but I feel like the Raggedy Ann, like that to me is just kind of like, you know, like Chucky, you know, it's kind of like, you know, this cute, adorable little thing that kids are supposed to carry around with them and feel comfortable. And to think like that is creating like all this craziness, that to me is like really terrifying. Just the fact that she is just so lovable. Like there's nothing scary about her, you know? And of course the movies have to make this Annabelle look scary to yeah. paint the picture. But I think the real life one is more traumatizing than anything knowing. I, yeah, I agree. It's like looking at the Raggedy Ann doll, it's like, mm. and I think again, for us, it's like we all had a Raggedy Ann in our home <laughs> at some point. I, yeah. I just feel like if, if you were a child of the late seventies, early eighties, there was a Raggedy Ann doll in your home. And mm -hmm. it's weird because it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, were they just handing these out? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you go to school and they're like, you get a Raggedy Annie, you get a Raggedy Annie, you get a Raggedy Annie. Yeah, like, you know, you went to McDonald's, got the Happy Meal, and that's just what you got in the box. Love it. <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, I already got 40s. It sounds like you go to McDonald's too much damn fatty. Settle down. Um, but I, I guess with the film, um the original um the original annabelle doll so the father was a doll maker mm -hmm. so that's kind of where you get the the uh doll itself from you know and i like the way that ties in just kind of like well, where the doll come from itself as far as the film goes mm -hmm. um i think again when we lead back to the ideal you know based on a true story you know the ideal of annabelle you know, it is based in reality, but then again, we get this story that they kind of weave together for us. And again, yeah. it's a fun story, especially, you know, when you involve children in a horror story, it, I think it adds that extra element of just like, that's even more messed up. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, when I, when I watched this film, like I said, I, I was hoping that this is what we would have gotten in the first Annabelle. Um, I think 
the messed up part is when you see the uh, doll maker's daughter, the younger mm -hmm. daughter. Uh, and I think what messes me up is like they kind of show when she gets hit by the truck. Yeah, that got um, me big time. It, like, and when we were watching it, after, I, so I know that it's going to happen, but I forget when it happens. So every time. I, I'm not looking. I look up and the truck hits her. I'm like, fuck again. Right. How many times am I going to have to watch this? Yeah. Um, also, our family history, we have uh, some some ties to, you know, an unfortunate event like that where my grandmother's youngest daughter was actually hit and killed by um, a drunk driver. So mm -hmm. I often wonder, is, like, is that something just kind of embedded in me when I see that scene? I get fucked up each time. Um, but then I, I keep coming back for more, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe right. I'm the asshole. I don't, know. <laughs> no, um, I don't think so. Like, well, I, you know, I, I, I like the misery. Like, mm -hmm. get over yourself. <laughs> um, and then also, again, you know, there's a lot going on here with the girls being mean and just kind of, you know, just I don't want to say bullying, but I guess it is bullying. But they're picking yeah. on um, the one, the one little because she had. Um, uh, was it cerebral palsy? Yeah, 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 something like that. I think it was cerebral palsy. Um, but it, I don't know. It is, I don't know. There's just a lot to this film that I felt like. I think the first one, because there's such hype to it, and then everyone compared it to the con, you know, was kind of putting it in the comparison game with Conjuring. So mm -hmm. when Annabelle Creation comes out, I think people already immediately like kind of set. They set their sights on being let down. So yeah. the um, reviews weren't the highest, I don't think. But ultimately, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I went the opposite way when it came to Annabelle. I think um, this one was probably way higher up there than the other two. Um, I think there was a lot to it that I was not expecting. Um, especially like the time frame that it's portrayed in really um got my attention also so i would say probably this one was probably my favorite one out of all of them um yeah i, I agree i agree with that and as far as like in film time and this film took place in 1955 so again when we're looking at the conjuring universe time timeline you got annabelle creation in 55 annabelle in 67 well as far as when the movie takes place, I think the Warrens got a hold of the doll in 68, though. Then the Conjuring takes place in 71. And um, so, you know, it all kind of lines up. And that's one of those neat things I, I enjoy about doing a shared universe with films mm -hmm. is keeping it clean and keeping it consistent. So that way you can say, OK, this film took place in this year. And, and it's, it seems like it would be a simple task, but there's so many films that mess that up. Yeah. So, kudos to um, Warner Brothers, James Wan, and everyone involved, keeping mm -hmm. this, you know, clean with the time time pockets. Annabelle, uh, Annabelle Creation. What would you score that one? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say eight point five. Eight five. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with Annabelle Creation. I'm going to give that one an eight, like a solid eight. 
Um, it's like, I, I think when people kind of punished it for the, the first movie, I think I'm still kind of unfortunately doing it. And sorry, it's just like, I, you know, I'm a follower, not a leader. So yeah, um, <laughs> the critics said to do it. So I did it. Um, so then next is the nun. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. You know why? Because I just, yeah, it was not a fan, but also it's just, I've watched it multiple times. It's still like, it, it. there's a lot to the movie that just doesn't feel like it makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it makes so little sense to me that I don't even know what doesn't make sense at this point. And I know there's someone listening right now saying, how, how can you be so dumb? It's obviously this, 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 and that. And it's like, you know what? Look, Captain Obvious, I'm a little dumb. Like, I don't, I didn't know when my wife liked me when I was younger. All right? <laughs> like, so I don't get the obvious stuff, duh. But I don't know. It's, I want to like it. I just can't really muster it. Yeah. I don't and think I'm, you're alone on that. Um, I, you know, I spoke to my brother about it because, of course, he's a huge horror fan as well. But um, he, like, he'll, he'll be like, mm, you know, they won't really, like, come out to say anything. And I'm like, okay, so it's not, like, a top thing for him. So um, I kind of, like, hold that rather high when it comes to, um, you know, if it's really worth me seeing. So, but, so I don't think you're alone on that judgment call by any means. It's like, even as I'm looking up the description here, it's like, damn, dude, y'all, I don't think they even got it. They're just like, we don't know. I'm like, look at the scriptures, <laughs> like, damn, y'all didn't give me anything to work with here. All they gave me was like, eh, it had a budget of 22 million. Like, Oof. okay. <laughs> like, anything, like, any other details? Like, uh, you know, no. Came out in September. Like, thanks, guys. I mean, I think it's really excellent with like being jumpy. Yeah, ooh, yeah, setting, sure. yeah, setting scenes up to, you know, you're holding your breath, nothing happens, and then as soon as you start to breathe again, like, bam, like, it, you know, she comes out of the darkness, and or, like, you know, shows those the crazy teeth that she has, and the eyes, but other than that, I'm, I, I don't know, I don't, mm, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I, I'm almost certain we went to see this in the theater, um, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. And let me see. Wait, what? What year did this one come out? We no, we didn't because we had we had our daughter by that time. But I know we watched this, and the jump scares were getting me. Um, because yeah, there are points where I thought I could let my guard down, <laughs> and then it caught yeah. me. And it's like, I'll give it credit for the jump scares because yeah. I hate jump scares, but they I think they use them very well in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, in most cases with a jump scare, I, I always feel like jump scares are kind of cheap. And in this regard, I feel like really the only thing this this movie had were the jump scares that kind of yeah gave it any kind of life. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, for those listening, you're like probably think like this son of a bitch probably doesn't even know what the fuck that movie is about. He didn't even watch it. It's like, no, no, I watched it a couple times. Yeah. Um it's just, it didn't stick for me. And to be fair, you know, again, if I'm watching something that's not really holding my attention, I'm quick to, 
you know, start playing with my phone. Yeah. Um, daydreaming. It is weird to daydream during a horror movie, but you know, I do what I do. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, it, it, and I, I feel like visually, it was actually a really good movie. Visually, it looked yeah. really good. Yeah. It just didn't, you know, hold my um, hold my attention. And I'm sorry, guys. Don't be mad at me. Well, I mean, I thought it was really tempting how they did sprinkle like images of the nun throughout, you know, the Conjuring movies. So, mm -hmm. I mean, she was a, a visual aid um, in leading up to this movie. But then I feel like I saw, you know, here it is. And I was like, okay. So. Okay. I don't know that we needed a whole movie. Yeah. Hey, this is weird. Um, but you didn't give any Amityville a movie. Kind of fucked up. <laughs> Um, We're not letting that go. <laughs> oh, no. Because okay, Amityville genuinely scared me. Like, I watched yeah. Amityville for the first time and paid it. Like, so I watched the remake with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. You know, in 05 when it came out, I loved it. Like, yeah. Not because Ryan Reynolds was going around shirtless. I mean, don't Partially. judge me. But, okay. you know, um, <laughs> I, you know, but I, I loved the movie. I was like, dude, mm -hmm. I, like, we bought that movie and watched it over and over and over and over um it, it was just a lot of fun then you know i pulled up the original mm -hmm. and loved it just as much yeah the original is really good in in the original genuinely scares me mm -hmm. like, i can't watch the original while i'm home alone it, i think god oh no, no i was just gonna say it, it's it was that good yeah i mean with going into the amityville um, just movies like that where, of course, it, the whole thing isn't 100%, but like we've said before, there's definitely bits and pieces that are um, factual pieces that um, watching movies like that with my mom, like we can sit and like she'll kind of like nudge me and be like, I remember hearing about that or I remember reading about that. Um, so just stuff like that is always kind of fun to sit next to somebody or talk to somebody that actually like lived through Honestly, like she lived through it like she was there, but she remembers and recalls um, yeah. it being like a, a thing. Like it, she actually, um, like actually truly happened. No, that, yeah, that's, that's, there is something. We're now at that point where I don't know, like on FX and mm -hmm. FX on Hulu or whatever, they have a show called American Crime Story. Mm hmm. And they, you know, the first season was uh, the People versus O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Uh, the next season was uh, the assassination of um, uh, Versace, um, Gianni Versace, and then the current season. Well, the past season, I, I thought it was current. This shit came on in September. I'm fucking slow, but um, it's called impeachment, and it's dealing with the whole Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky thing. So, like, it, it's weird to like watch these things where it's like. Dude, I remember this shit. I remember yeah. that. I remember this detail. And oh, I didn't know that was going on. So yeah, I I, I get what you're saying with the Amityville stuff. Like yeah. you know, watching it with your mom is like, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's it, it's only a matter of time before you know we start to really really get you know the, the based on a true story horror films you know from like two thousands was like holy shit I remembered like, <laughs> that was real. Like the Blair, I, Blair Witch was real. Yeah. Oh God. Don't even get me started on that. But I mean, I feel like, you know, we went through like, as you're going through the timelines with all the movies that we were just um, 
talking about, you know, the, the real life events, you know, that happened is, you know, when they got the doll and when certain situations happened, like, I feel like the 50s, 60s, 70s were like really prominent. And then it's kind of like the stuff like that still happen these days. Or are we just not like what's happened? Like, do, do ghosts not exist anymore? Do the, it's just not happening. <laughs> it's like uh, one meme. It's like, you know, why can't, you know, why do ghosts, you know, make like, you know, noises in the middle of the night and flicker your light? One time, why can't I get a ghost that just says, it's Britney, bitch? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, those are the ghosts we'll be dealing with in the future. Right. Like, that would probably scare the shit out of me if all of a sudden that happened. Like, no, can't we just get like the, the traditional ghost sounds? Like, I don't want to hear this. Just, just knock something over. Like, like, right. like why, is, why do we got to get Britney involved? Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like, with the timeline of everything we uh, when you look at like you know all the stuff used to happen back in the day it's like does this stuff not happen anymore and i wonder if it's really a matter of again uh man of science man of faith you know now we have stuff that goes on where it's like look we can kind of give you a scientific reason why mm -hmm. this may or may not have happened versus back then you know you had movies like the exorcist you had you know well, and I mean, I think too with a lot of horror movies. Period. That was just that time where, in the seventies, especially, you had The Omen, uh, The Exorcist, Rosemary's mm -hmm. Baby. Uh, you know all these these crazy like horror flicks that dealt with uh, you know spirituality. But it, you know nowadays, you know they kind of still teeter around it with like the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. Uh, exorcism you know things like that you still kind of tiptoe around it but it's not as in your face so i don't know yeah i i, I don't want to be on the receiving end of figuring out hey does this shit still exist uh, right. I, was, I was just i was just joking I, I don't going know. on an adventure to find out <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right let's go walk into that abandoned house let's see what's going on there right right um, <laughs> So on our brief talk about the nun, uh, uh -huh. what would you score the nun? Oof. Um, I'm going to just do, oh man, because it did have really excellent visual aspects and you know, the jump scare stuff like that. I'm just going to do a flat seven. I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do a five five for it because like i said i feel like it it could just be it wasn't for me it just wasn't a movie yeah. that i connected with but i'm sure for many others you know that movie did something for them and it was relatable yeah uh, so I, I i mean you know uh <laughs> haunted none being relatable to anyone is kind of weird but i mean <laughs> someone someone connects so let's see what's after that. We have the Curse of La Llorona, and I don't know that I could ever say that without kind of rolling that R, and I don't even roll my <laughs> R's like that. But um, a young lady that I recorded with yesterday for Off the Mats, we were talking about it, and she she's uh she she rolled that R perfect. And I was like, okay, all right, some somebody paid attention to all four years of Spanish class. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> I think Steve and I were in Spanish together and like he he knew what was up. I come in and go right to sleep. I was like, okay. Yeah, I still passed. But with 
the curse of la llorona that was a weird one to me it was an enjoyable film up to a certain degree it mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of lost me um once we started getting towards the end but this was one that i also tried to pull up and see what the connection was you know what what connections the warrens have to this mm-hmm. and i couldn't find anything so I think this still falls in that pocket of based on the true story. Uh, we're just gonna there, you know. There's the old story of the actual curse of uh, La Llorona, and you know there's several other pieces of fiction for it. Mm-hmm. But then I think you know they pocket it into this universe. And I think you do hear Ed and Lorraine mentioned, but yeah. they're not yeah. in it. Um, basically the story is uh, there's a. Uh, is she a social worker or detective? I can't. Let me actually pull up real legitimate notes and find out uh, what it. Um, oh, uh, what was her name? Uh, is it uh, Linda? Scooby Doo. Yeah, Linda Card. Is that her name? Card Cardinelli Card- Car- or Cardellini? Yeah, there you go. Um, oh. A social worker. Yeah. So this was actually supposed to be called the children initially. So I feel like that would make a little bit more sense, maybe, but. And then it was also going to be called, or it's also called The Curse of the Weeping Woman in some international markets. So, um, but yeah, so basically you have her as a social worker and there is a case that she's working with um, a mom. And the mom is, you know, I guess stumbled upon uh, La Llorona and she's trying to protect her kids from, from the curse. And uh, Velma from Scooby Doo shows mm-hmm. up and, and basically says, "Yo, we gotta, you know, we gotta get these kids out of here. What are you doing?" And she opens the door, and all hell breaks loose from that point. Yeah. Um, you know, the boys are, you know, basically taken by uh, the curse, and now her children are are um, basically in in the bullseye. Uh, or are the crosshairs of La Llorona. Um, I, the, the thing is with this movie, it was, it was one of those films that's like, did you need to connect it to the Conjuring universe or did they just do that, you know, kind of for marketing to get people to it? That's what I thought too. Cause I didn't, I mean, so I believe there were like maybe a few characters that or individuals that were in, um, this movie that were, I think, were also in Annabelle. I think um, Father Perez. Um, yes. I think he was. He made you know appearance in both. But other than that, I I have to agree. I didn't really truly get that uh, connection, um, and not just not based off of oh, it's it's uh, you know the movie title is named after the same last movie, so it's you know another Annabelle movie or another Conjuring movie. I just truly didn't really get that connection. Not a bad Same. movie, but I just no. didn't get that connection. Yeah, it, it felt like, and and to be honest, even before the before I saw the movie, I didn't know that there was even the connection Mm-mm. until um, I'm watching it, and I I heard, I'm pretty certain I heard Ed and Lorraine Warren. I heard the names in there, and then you know later on I look at the the DVD case because you know I still buy physical media, Absolutely. and and. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I don't know. You know, the grid might crash, and I got to be entertained, son. So <laughs> I got to watch all my horror movies and superhero movies. But, um, you know, it, I never got any feel that this belonged in that universe. So it, it just, it was a weird one. And I enjoyed the movie um, up until maybe the third act. Mm-hmm. But, the, like, the whole premise. And, and this one was another one that kind of relied heavy on jump scares. Yeah. Like the bathtub scene just oh, really, yeah. really, yeah, got me. Oh, goosebumps. <laughs> um, that and then uh, the swimming pool. When uh, the, ah. uh, the daughter's umbrella goes blowing to the swimming Ugh. pool. Yep. Because it's broad daylight. And you're thinking, oh, nothing's going to happen in broad daylight. This is a right. horror movie. Wrong. Yeah, there's uh, quite a few different examples where I guess the uh, antagonist does kind of show up a lot in this film, though, where La Llorona, she's there all the time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get to kind of the end point where, look, she's trying to get in this house and, you know, they've kind of uh, put the sand down. The was it the sand or the salt? Uh, Whatever they put down the little barrier. out and the one scene that always fucks with me as a father to a to a you know child like a little girl is the little girl's doll is outside the door Mm -hmm. and it's like within arm's reach she's got to stretch a little bit and she's reaching and she's reaching that you know that whole time i'm picturing sophie it's like this is some shit my daughter would do (laughs) and she grabs the doll and she's excited but as she pulls the doll it breaks the barrier uh-huh. and she gets yanked and it, that, that shit gets me every time. I'm like, Oh man, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just too sensitive as a dad in, in, in those matters, but. Um, I mean, you know. I think cause I, I don't have kids. So for me, it's kind of like, leave that shit alone, leave it, leave it. So cause there's like two different ways of looking at it. So, I mean, like I get the heartfelt of like, no, no, go ahead, get your baby. But to me, it's like, no, you leave that shit out there. She'll be yeah. fine. Well, and, and that's kind of how, so as a dad, though, as well, my mindset is this. Like, when she leaves toys on the floor and it gets stepped on and is broken, it's like, hey, such is life, homie. You should <laughs> Right. Like, you know I got big ass feet. I'm stepping on everything. Uh-huh. Um, it, like when my grandma would clean my room. Like I don't know why my grandma would clean my room when I'm like 16, but there'd be shit all over the floor. I come back, it's like, oh no, she didn't throw away some important. She's like, she didn't throw away a whole computer. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing, grandma? She was like, yeah, fuck your shit. But um, no, it's like I, I think about that though. With my daughter's like, look, if that situation is us and her doll is outside, first off, I'm like, why the fuck is your doll outside? Yeah. Like, I always tell my daughter, the floor is not a shelf. So, um, you know, it's like, why is that on the ground? It, it stays. It, but, but when she pouts, you see the, the eyes, mm. the, puppy, the puppy dog eyes hit. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. Damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> we about to get killed by this damn spirit. Yeah. Because, because I got a little daughter. If I had a son, it's going to be an issue. <laughs> but what I thought was kind of interesting if, now that we're talking about the doll, um, that I just thought it was kind of interesting that they, I don't know if they meant to do it, but it's almost like they played on the fact that, you know, it almost like similarly to the um, Raggedy Ann doll, you know, yeah. I know we have Annabelle, but it's kind of like that 
to me, I was like, oh, okay, maybe it might be a stretch, but I mean, that's where my brain went. No, that is true. I thought about that and I kind of just, you know, you know, in, in later viewings, I was like, huh, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Annabelle, as I'm watching The Conjuring, there's the scene where they actually show Annabelle at the house, at the Warren's house and the daughter. That, that was something that was weird to The Conjuring, too, is like, you know, a lot of the heavy Dylans at their house. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, this is supposed to be about this family, not yours. Fuck out of here. <laughs> All in the show. Um, but I, I did enjoy uh, Curse of La Llorona. Um, I I feel like I put it kind of in the same pocket with the nun, where mm-hmm. at least I get what the story was trying to tell me here, and it, it was, you know, it, it connected to me. Yep. I don't think it was as good as the other films because it got a little sloppy at certain points, and by the third act, I kind of didn't care anymore because yeah, one kind of the same jump scares over and over, but um. I don't know if I was to rate this one, I would probably give this a six mm-hmm. just because that's fair. Um, you know, I don't think it was great. I don't think it was terrible. It was just, I think it was one of those films that I don't know that we really, really needed it. Yeah. And it so. was nice seeing Scooby-Doo chick, um, like in an adult scary, you know, yeah. um, role play. So it, that, that was not bad at all to see. So, yeah, and like I want to be honest, I've always been a fan of her since uh, Freaks and Geeks. So yes, I was just watching that. Oh man, so good. <laughs> if I see her name attached to any film, I watch it because it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I, I I'm a fan. I liked her on Freaks and Geeks. I liked her on Grandma's Boy, Scooby Doo. Oh, uh, yeah. You know any any Avengers related film that she's connected in? Age of Ultron, Hawkeye. Um, in game it's like okay cool like she's in it i'm watching it so huh that's weird that I, I, <laughs> I didn't realize i was that much of a fan i just went down her catalog i was like oh my yeah God. you were just like rolodexing every movie she's ever been in <laughs> some would probably call that creepy but i i just say i'm a big fan that's all it's yeah. not creepy. i mean um, we all we all have titles for what we think so i don't yours. have her address or nothing you know no at five five eight seven no it's kidding <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's not home right now, but, uh, you know, right. Like, right. Why, why do you know that, Dante? I don't know it. Um, <laughs> why are you so, questioning me? <laughs> yeah, why are you up in my business? I'm a girl. Right. <laughs> uh, what would you score uh, this film? Mm, I'm going to do another flat seven. Again, like it, it wasn't bad. Um, heavily relied on just, you know, building up to that one specific scene and scaring you a bit. Yeah. Um, but wasn't bad. Wasn't my favorite. Didn't exactly see the connection. But I mean, maybe some listeners will be able to identify, make it clear for us, clearer for us. So hopefully, yeah. But then again, when people message like, "Hey, you're completely wrong about this," I was like, "You know what? You can fuck off," and, <laughs> and they stop messaging. I'm like, damn, like, I lost. I think that was the wrong thing to say. Maybe. Oh well. Yeah. That, look, I'm still new to podcast, and I don't, I don't know how to take criticism. Um, it's, it, it's funny is this movie I actually probably watched this I watched The Conjuring more than any of them I think mm-hmm. I watched this probably the second most oh, Okay. Weir- weirdly enough I don't know why but uh, it's not bad that's the thing It's no. to me it's not a bad film at all but no, no. 
Um, I think it's just, I don't know that it belongs in this grouping. So, and, and let's see here, as far as time, when, mm -hmm. when this took place, mm -hmm. 1973. So, still keeping it tight, still keeping yeah. it in order. Like, look at them being smart and shit. <laughs> um, let's see here. And then next we had Annabelle Comes Home, which um, was another one that just felt, I didn't dislike it at all. I think I probably still liked it better than the first Annabelle, I think. But I don't think it, it, it feels like it didn't belong, even though it had the Warrens, like, you know, it, it's, you know, their kid in the movie and all mm -hmm. of it. It's like, huh, okay. This is, you know, this is this. I'm going to watch it. And I didn't hate it at all. I, I guess kind of the premise behind it is th their daughter basically, um, you know, one of the things that stood out was like she wanted to have a birthday party. And she invited, you know, her classmates and nobody wanted to come to the party because, mm -hmm you know, of who her parents were. Um, right. Know, sins of the father type deal, you know. And she was, like, the Warrens were going out, probably do some fucking Scooby-Doo shit, catch some ghosts. And and uh, they, you know, had a big... That's wild. Like, how are you going to have a house like that with a cursed vault in your basement? And you have a babysitter come over. Mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. feel like that's kind of... You should like somebody should call child services on them. And, and not like, only that, but like in the other conjurings, I'm sitting there and they're like they're off doing their Scooby Doo stuff, and then I'm like, their their daughters at home. I think it was like with the grandmother or some sort of family member. Yeah. But I'm like, my mom would been like, fuck no, like are you kidding me? Like we weren't even allowed to eat like goldfish. My mom wasn't at home. There's no way my mom was leaving us with a garage full or basement full of you know whatever. So yeah. But I mean, I mean, we did survive the 80s, so who knows? Maybe it would have happened. <laughs> so, look, I don't know whether I'm a good or a bad parent. I don't know. My kid is still alive, so I'll say that. But I don't remember ever riding in a car seat as a kid, ever. And I know. Uh -uh. Yeah. So, we didn't. I wasn't even uh, like seatbelt wasn't even a thing growing up. Like, yeah, it was definitely I, like a. Uh, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, you could wear it if you want, but I, mm -hmm. you know. Just, you know, you know, there's always like, well, I mean, if you get into a car wreck, you'll be trapped in the car if you're wearing a seatbelt. So maybe don't wear it. It's like, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess it makes sense, but weird. Uh, yeah, you won't be trapped because you'd be through the windshield. So, you know, there's pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, but with this film, um, kind of what sets things off is the babysitter's friend comes over and I guess the babysitter's friend's dad had been killed in a car accident mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she wanted to reach out to to his spirit um and when you're in a warren's house there's all types of fuckery afoot so mm -hmm. um there's some kind and then annabelle kind of plays heavily into this because again it's annabelle comes home um you know on the case it says do not open you know, mm -hmm. like in big red letters, um, you know, and obviously it opens because I think Annabelle falls and leans on the on the, the front of the glass and the girl opens it to yeah. kind of push her back, I believe. Yep. And <clears throat> the, the thing is, it's like, you know, 
kind of going back to what we said earlier with based on the true story like yes there is a base but again how true is what's true you know it, this is just a story concocted for the purpose right exactly um, but i do feel like it was a fun enough movie i don't know that it was again a necessary movie um i enjoyed it mm -hmm. Like not enough to say like it's better than you know the second Conjuring or you know even the second Annabelle uh, film. Yeah, but it was still one of those films where it's like I did not by any means hate it. Yeah, like was this one that did you uh, get a chance to catch this one and um, kind of have any thoughts on? Yeah, um, it, it's definitely something where again like. I kind of got a, I, it. I wasn't um, in any way, you know, done watching it and being like, oh, I, I could have gotten some time back by not watching that. But um, I definitely feel like it was just maybe something that was just made. It didn't really have to be done. I enjoyed it. Um, really great scenes. Of course, it had absolutely 100 percent, you know, heavily on Annabelle. Um, some good, I don't want to say jump scenes, but some good just scare scenes that make you think, especially like the one where she falls forward. She has to, you know, triggers yeah. to, that, you know, things are going to happen. Um, but I just, I think when I was done watching this, I was kind of like, okay, not bad. But yeah. eh, I just feel like it was kind of like, okay, we did X, Y, and Z, and now we're just going to kind of muster this one up and kind of like see how it how it goes how it plays out with with our audience um but not bad like i wonder with this film that they just do it just so they could say they had a trilogy like uh, it was just like let's just let's just do a third one just to get this shit over with it was like i don't know that you needed to nobody yeah. was asking i mean i really hope not because i feel like <laughs> i feel like it's kind of like you know they went 100 percent on this one 100 and then all of a sudden it's kind of like shit all we have is like this tacky glue and this construction paper. Can we just smush it together and see what we get? Like, that's how I would consider this one. Um, yeah. I feel like that makes it sound like I really, really hated it, but that's how I feel like this one was done. It was kind of like, let's just get it together, get it out there. So if, especially like as to what you're saying, if that's the case, then that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Like even thinking about it, it's just how you described it there though it did feel that way where it's yeah. kind of like they're just like look just just get the product out there like mm -hmm. you know this is going to be the last one to set like just get it over with because i feel like the general you know audience is probably like okay no one's asked for another annabelle film i don't think we need to revisit annabelle um this was fine find where it is leave it alone um one thing I will kind of point to as well with the Warrens in their home and their cursed objects mm -hmm. is that I don't know if you ever saw the TV series Friday the 13th, the series. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a big fan of it um, mm -hmm. as a kid. It's fucked up that all my favorite things as a kid were like horror, like, Halloween, Halloween 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Friday the 13th, yeah. the series. These are like, and, and I lived in a, like, 
we like one of the houses that we squatted in was like this big creepy house. It was like, ugh. like no wonder I, no wonder I'm in therapy. Yeah, I mean um, everyone's normal is different, so doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like when when you know people like ask about like, so what was your childhood like? So let's see here. Do we Where have time? Like <laughs> right. Let's go ahead and have a seat. Right. Um, <clears throat> but like I always felt like once the Conjuring universe became a thing, you start hearing about the Ed and Lorraine story, you see that they have a vault of these cursed objects in their home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I immediately thought back to Friday the 13th, the series. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe that show was based off of the Warren's cases. And again, could find no evidence of any connection between the two. Um, I just, that's one hell of a coincidence. Yeah. But, I mean, it's got me thinking now that you brought it to surface. That's yeah. I think I am going to go back in a few Ooh. years back. My friend, uh, Teresa got me the full set. There's three seasons. She got me the, the, the three seasons set for Christmas. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, actually is when we moved here to the house. Cause I started watching, I got through the first two seasons. I was like, I, was, I still loved it. And then mm -hmm. the third season, um, the house went into the kind of transition as, you know, we're trying to like, oh, we need a couch. I've been watching this series the whole time sitting on the floor. Like, oh, well, we got a couch <laughs> now. So I, guess I can sit on the couch and watch it now. Got too comfortable, started going to sleep. But mm -hmm. I want to sit down and rewatch. I think I want to rewatch and just come on here and talk about it. So, yeah. Interesting. Because I, I always felt like that shit was connected. I felt like, oh, they're basing that show off of, you know, their cases. And it seems like, and, and, and even the debut episode opened up with a cursed doll um, that, you know, mysteriously could have been, you know, anime. I got, I got to go back and see what the name of that fucking doll was in that, in that episode. But dude, there's no way that they didn't fucking take um, inspiration from the Warrens fucking biters. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, but I mean, now that you are mentioning it, like, I think I can clearly see where there are some lines that are just a little bit too, um, mm -hmm. too tight to not say there's no connection there. Yeah. They, I don't know. Like I'll, I'll do some real, real actual research, like investigative reporting one day, <laughs> knock on some doors. Like, Hey, so I'm Dante who, like, right. you, know, uh, you know, three podcasts. What? Like, you know, How um, do you not know me? Like, you failed. Like, like, have you not listened to Off the Mats? Oh, that shit? It's like, <laughs> fuck? Like, why would you say that? My grandma said it was really good. Oh, dude, <laughs> my grandma listened to any of my podcasts. She probably like, you're out of the family. You're out of the will. I'm like, damn. Oh, dang. Was that bad? Just being me. Thanks, grandma. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with um, Annabelle comes home again. It was a fun romp, but definitely not needed probably yeah. it didn't feel like despite the fact that the Warrens were involved it didn't feel like it belonged in the set of films because when, when you start getting further away from the conjuring mm -hmm. it felt like everything was getting watered down and yeah. you you get to this eventual point where it's like how far removed it has it gotten from the original like it gotten so far removed that the quality didn't even feel the same right so right yeah um if I'm going to score this one. 
Ooh. I guess I'm going to put it, I'm going to give it a six with Annabelle. It, it, it hurts to do that, but I guess I yeah. have to. Ouch. Um, what would you score this one? Um, again, this was my least favorite out of all of them. So I'm going to, I'll do like a 6.5. I'll go, yeah, lower than the norm. Yeah, it's like, I want to give it lower to Annabelle, but it's like, I don't know. I feel bad. It's yeah. Because, like, again, it's like, I didn't hate watching it. I just didn't like watching it either. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for whatever that may mean. Uh, and then the last of the series up to this point, at least, we have The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which mm -hmm. is also The Conjuring 3 in some markets. This specific uh, film um, deals with the case of Arnie Johnson. Mm -hmm. And the, what really makes this case stand out is he killed, I believe, his landlord. Yeah. Um, and the court case comes up and he filed not guilty by means of demonic possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, at this point, would have been only the third time this has been done in history. Mm -hmm. With the previous two cases not winning, so um, they, I'm certain they went into this not with the highest of hopes. But I feel like with this movie, upon watching it again, I, I think this movie kind of has the same earmarks as the other films where. I felt like it started off really strong. Yeah. And even some of the midpoints were really, really good, but it started to really, really get weak once you hit that third act again. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love the opening where they have the uh, exorcism and, you know, you got the little boy and, and, you know, Arnie goes over to him and tells the demon, like, Leave him alone and take me. As yeah. soon as you heard that, you're like, okay, we're about to get into a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Rock. But, you know, that scene, you know, you know, that set it off. And it, uh, that had me. It had me hooked. I was like, I'm in. The scene where he actually kills the guy, you know, just kind of giving it his perspective and showing what he was seeing. Yeah, I love that part. I think they really did a good job on that. So, yeah, I, I love the, uh, the transition between reality and fantasy for Arnie Johnson specifically. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like that was really, really well done. And the the only thing I would say that kind of fizzled for me is, again, around the middle part, it, it was still good. But when they, you know, said, look, he's going to uh, fight the case and he's uh, pleading not guilty by means of demonic possession. I don't know why, but I wanted a courtroom horror. I want a courtroom drama. I, I want to see all this kind of <laughs> played out and, and retold stories in court. And I don't know what they would have given me. You know, for some reason, I'm like, this is what I wanted. But then when I really think about it, I was like, what the fuck kind of story could you have gotten from that, though? Like, would it, it you know, I don't know. Sometimes this is why I'm not a, a horror writer. Because <laughs> I'd be wanting some wild shit. And they're like, dude, that doesn't even make sense that you wanted that. Like, well, I mean, I can... That's probably just going to be something that got played out to the fact that, oh, he's just crazy. Everyone just yeah. rolled it. You know, it's just uh, that crazy aspect of it. So, but yeah, yeah no, I get it. 
Um, also, something I wanted to see is when the Warren sat down with the judge, mm-hmm. and they're kind of explaining, like, yeah, you know, we want to do, um, you know, want to plead not guilty by means of demonic possession. And they're like, look, we want to invite you to our house. And then um, after that, you know, you you after you see what we have to show you, you let us know then. Mm-hmm. You know, we let us try it this way. And then it just jumps right to the courtroom. And I was like, damn, I want to see what she saw. I want to see, I want to see how <laughs> dinner went. I want to know what right. they ate. Like, you know, was there music playing? Like, what's going on? I, I need details. This is 1981. I got to know what the fuck's going on in 81. I was only three. So right. <laughs> I need the time capsule. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, I felt like it was a fun film. I just think, like I said, as you start getting further away from the original Conjuring and even the Conjuring 2, I feel like the care for these films are kind of shifting. I think a big part of that might be as well, though, is that, you know, when you go back to the first couple of films, I think uh, with the first Conjuring, obviously, it was directed by James Wan. And then the second one, um, also directed by James Wan, you know, you get to your third one and it's like, okay, so what are we doing here? Um, and I think that's kind of the big key component here is those first two James Wan directed and he's, a, he's, you know, a, 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 like just, he does work that I just fall in love with. Yeah. Um, and I mean, whether it's visually or like, you know, the music that plays in the background, it, it makes it and it also ties together so well that it it you can't it can't be denied. Yeah. Uh yeah, it looks like the third one was um directed by Michael Chavez. As you get further away from everything, again, those first two being James Wan, you realize, you know, everyone else that comes after him with the other films, it's not that the films are bad, it's just there's a certain care and dedication that he took, he put into these films yeah. and, and bringing these stories to life. And as you get further along, it's like you want your other directors to be their own individuals. You want them to do their own thing. But you also, it's kind of like with the Marvel films. It's like mm-hmm. Kevin Feige's like, look, y'all can do your thing, but remember, we got a bigger story to tell. Right. right. That's why it's a shared universe. So, with this third installment of the actual Conjuring set itself. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I enjoyed it up until, you know, I, I, I did it. And, <laughs> and, and the thing is I went back and watched it a couple more times and I felt like, you know what, this film is good. It's just, I feel like it's like eating meatloaf. But the, you know, the sauce, because everybody does their meatloaf a little different. Some do ketchup on top. My <laughs> grandfather put barbecue sauce and that shit was rocking, son. Yeah. Like, this, this, and th- this one was meatloaf and didn't even have the sauce on top. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't eat meat, so I can't really join in in that little, that little bit of uh, comparison. But, I mean, the like, like you mentioned before, like, I guess in the the first second and then kind of dwindles off in the third um it's great in the beginning you know super strong the directors give you a chance to be you know somebody else's set of eyes and see how things played out um i know one of the big scenes that got me going was when lorraine goes to i guess walk down to the basement walks down the steps 
Um, and there's like that one door, I think it's closed or whatever. And Ed is kind of like looking at her, like, don't do it. And she's like, well, I kind of got to. And I'm like, out loud, I'm like, no, you don't, don't go. We all know what happens in basements. Like, come on now. So I think that's like one of the scenes that really got me going. Um, but then as the movie uh, goes on, it, it, I'm like, okay, like, okay. So now we're definitely trickling into the whole like dark magic and, you know, how things played out and there's skulls and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, now, now you're starting to kind of lose me. Not saying that it's not real, that, you know, stuff like that doesn't happen, but just for the movie aspect, I'm like, I feel like they're really like pulling at straws at this point. Yeah. It it felt like you're just, you're overplaying it for the sake of overplaying it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I felt like also, um, you know, kind of looking at the movie, it, it gets to this weird point where, again, the Warrens felt too, too involved. And I, I often wonder with this, was like, were they like completely hands on with all of this, like holding the holding everyone's hand, walking through it? Or, right. you know, were they pushed off this case um, at some point? Like, look, man, I need to get the fuck out of here because we can't we can't do this case this way. Um. But I think with each film, as you kind of go down the line, you are getting a peek into what it's like to be the Warrens. Because even though there's the backdrop of the movie, whether it be The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, The Conjuring 3, or uh, Annabelle Comes Home, you are getting a peek into what it's like to be a part of the Warren household, being, mm-hmm. being in life, because they're always dealing with um, you know, some sort of um spiritual things i mean you got lorraine you know she's a clairvoyant yes got warren uh i'm sorry ed ed warren as um a demonologist so you know there's all this craziness where you're like huh okay like you know there, there's a lot more that they're trying to tell you with these stories and it almost gets to a point where it's like maybe it would have been better just to have a direct movie mm-hmm to just give their full-blown story um you know again leading back to the documentary devil's road you know they they told a pretty decent story in that documentary i feel like yeah um you know to really paint them as you know who they say they are so yeah i'd love to see something like that um played out with with uh ed and lorraine i mean you know you you got in that documentary, they're showing it like, you know, real news clips from like, you know, cases that were going on, uh, whether it be the actual news or in a newspaper, stuff like that. You know, they, they touched on the case of, um, you know, Arnie Johnson, you know, they touched on Amityville, you know, they touched on, you know, the conjuring. So it's like, you can still do a movie and still kind of have bits and pieces of that involved and give us their story versus giving us what we believe is going to be okay, we're going to get the case of Arnie Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, like, no, we're getting a lot more Ed and Lorraine. Or we're going to get the case of the infill poltergeist. Nope, we're getting a lot more Ed and Lorraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get some of this Annabelle story. Nope, more Ed and Lorraine. <laughs> like, huh, I got This is all about Ed and Lorraine. So, you know, that being what it is, I, you know, I enjoy the films. But I'd enjoy him a little bit more if we had a little bit less of Anna Lorraine. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, so, I mean, I guess going back to what what was the original supposed to be called, like the Ed and Lorraine files yeah, or uh, the Warren yeah, files? The, the Warren files. Yeah. So it's kind of like maybe it should have been called that because it's it's the yeah their their show basically. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I guess ultimately when when you unpack all of this, mm -hmm. they have a really really fun shared universe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like We've got another film in, in the works called The Crooked Man, which is based off of another Conjuring 2 character. Yeah. And The Nun is going to have a sequel. And um, also, there's a series of short films. They did a contest. Um, and I believe five five films won, or you know, five entrance, entries won. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it, let me see here, is the way that they're all shot and done, it, it, they would all fit into kind of the conjuring pocket of the universe. You're kidding. Real quick, pull up the titles for those short films. I, I don't want to go into like details. Like yeah, no, 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 you're fine. But just to kind of, you know, let the listeners know. Um, it looks like we had uh, the first one was called The Nurse. And it looks like the next was The Confession. What's Wrong With Mom? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Blunt's Lullaby and then Innocent Souls. And these are all released between August 2017 and November 2017. So, you know, some additional, like, kind of fun pieces to pull into the fray. You know, if you all want to go check those out. And then also there was a comic book series, DC Comics, put out. Uh, you know, DC horror, and they started that off by using the conjuring mm -hmm. as kind of their their um go to. And let's see here, it was called The Conjuring, The Lover. It's a five issue miniseries. So interesting. As balls deep as I am into comics, I never knew this was a thing until yeah. earlier this week. So I was today. Today's your old. Today's your old. Um, I'll have to look into that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably some bedtime stories for Sophie. Um, we, <laughs> we actually do read comic books before bed, so uh, maybe I'll add this to the list. But um, but yeah. So that's what I have as far as cool. you know. All of these films go. I enjoy the overall shared universe. Mm -hmm. um, final uh, thing, though, just kind of giving a score on the last Conjuring film itself. Conjuring, the devil made me do it. Um, in comparison with the first one and even the second one, I want to say for this one, I'm going to give it a seven, an even seven. Okay. Just again, I felt like it opened strong and it had a great premise. All the earmarks were there. Yeah. But yeah. It started kind of dwindling just a little bit at a certain point, but. I'm a fan. I love it all. Yep. I would say I agree. Like I, it started off super strong, definitely had my attention, but then towards the end, I kind of definitely had that mindset of really, is this where we're going? Um, so still, you know, I love all the conjuring movies definitely was not my favorite, but I'm going to say, um, in comparison to how much I love the first one, a strong 8.5, I'll say at least a 7.5 for this one. Okay. All right. So pretty fair. I mean, I feel like um along the whole line of it all, we're we're about 
uh, in, in a grain sort of a lot of it all on the yeah. same page. So good to know that, you know, I was like, maybe I'm, I'm the only person that feels this way. <laughs> Others do. So, um, so yeah. So, um, what we'll do is we'll go ahead. I've, I've had you for more time than I was thinking like, okay, let's do this okay. for about maybe an hour, maybe, maybe hour 20 and we're coming up on close to two hours. So Jennifer, Jen, yeah. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Yeah. This has been great. And, and I'm glad we finally got to sit down and talk, talk some horror movies here because yeah. I, you know, after doing off the mats, Halloween specials, I was like, shit. <laughs> So no as, soon as, as soon as this ideal came up, it was like, there's no way I'm not going to include her in some capacity. So thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. It's a great time. Um, and the way that I kind of have it set up really is like I have everybody, all my hosts on a rotating system. So um, <laughs> if you're willing to come back and do this again, let's pick a theme and then we'll go back into research. Absolutely. More to come. <laughs> um otherwise everyone who's been listening thank you thank you so much it is weird because this is a show that i thought like oh, we're gonna do it once a month and i don't even know if we're even gonna keep that that pace going but here we are still running and everyone who's been listening you know i appreciate it thank you this this has you know been a fun ride and there's so much more to come our next episode is going to be on the alien franchise so get ready for that because my good buddy Marilyn Phil and and Joe KW, like I'm gonna let those guys. I'm gonna you know unleash them and let them go. So <laughs> be ready for who knows what between those two. But um, otherwise, thank you. If you have any questions, concerns, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram. So you like horror on Instagram. All the words separated by underscores. So it, it, I hate trying to spell it out with the underscores in there. So just so you like horror, but everything's going to be separated with underscore. Go check it out. Go give it a follow. Uh, give me any questions, concerns, criticisms even, because I've been doing all this podcast stuff for about a year and a half. And I just need to know. I need people to tell me, like, dude, like, either that was good or, hey, maybe you could have done this better. So far, everybody's patting me on the back. And I'm like, dude. If you heard the first seven episodes off the mat, you'd be like, dude, don't ever do another podcast. So <laughs> please let me know your thoughts on everything. And um also, you know, if you if you're interested in, you know, throwing a theme out there or a topic, let me know. I yeah. I'm having fun. So I wanna I wanna, you know, be a man of the people. I wanna address things that you all may want to hear too. So uh, reach out. Um otherwise. Thank you, everyone. I love you all to death. And y'all keep listening. And I will keep making these shows. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Ciao. I think that's good for now. The end.